Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Podcast. This is Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and we're here to talk all things self-sufficiency. Hello and welcome to episode four. Today we're going to be talking about livestock. Now we've got a nice big garden where we live so we are able to raise pigs, goats, geese, chickens and sheep. We're very very lucky here and today I'm just going to run through all the benefits of keeping livestock, a few tips, which ones uh, you should get started out with, how you can reduce your feed costs and all the benefits and products that they give us. So to start with, pigs. We're very lucky, we've got a piece of woodland on the edge of our property that we've got fenced in. So we keep pigs in there. Now, the main product that we get from pigs is obviously meat, pork. And we find that somewhere between two and three pigs a year is just about right for our family's needs, family of five. So until this year, or, the, or including this year, what we've done is we've bought in wieners, which are piglets that are old enough to be separated from mum quite happily. And we've basically bred them on, fattened them up, and slaughtered them for meat. So two things to say about that. Firstly, ethically. Now, every animal on our farm, but including pigs, or on our homestead rather, they are given the very best life that they can. So I've got no ethical conundrum in my head about whether or not these pigs had a nice life. They absolutely had a net positive life and they are free range over an acre and a half of woodland, just a few of them foraging around, having acorns that fall in the autumn and just having an absolute perfect existence while they're with us. Everything we do is as humane as possible and that includes the transportation and what have you. So ethically, um, I've got a clear conscience there. Another thing just to think about with pigs is that they're very easy to fence off if you use electric. They're very respectful of an electric fence. They also don't jump. So one or two strands of electric fence quite low down, they'll learn where it is very quickly and they'll never, ever, ever test it. So that's a great thing with pigs. Um, another thing with our pigs is that we're able to keep our food costs down to pretty much zero. We do that in a number of ways. I'm going to go into food costs later on in this episode and go through all the ways that we keep our food bill very, very low. Before I go any further, I just want to apologise if there's some background noise. I'm actually recording this episode in the garden, so uh, if the microphone picks up a little bit of wind, I do apologise. The second animal is sheep. Now we have one sheep, which is a pet. So strictly speaking, she doesn't fit into the self-sufficient model very well. She's a bit of an outlier. Um, there's a whole story behind how we got her, but ultimately she's my daughter's pet. Now, raising sheep uh, or raising lambs for meat there are two ways to go about it. The first is the same way as we have done up until recently with the pigs, and that is to buy in lambs. Now, the advantage of doing this is that most lamb production farms have quite a number of orphaned lambs every spring. These are lambs whose mothers have died during childbirth or whose mothers have rejected them, and they just don't have the capacity and the manpower to deal with them all. So we bought our 
lamb as an orphaned lamb at two days old or one day old for just 10 pounds so they're very very economic to get hold of if you do it that way the other way obviously is to have your own breeding flock now the only reason i personally would ward against this and why we haven't looked into it is just because of the high mortality rate with sheep breeding or at least this has been my understanding from what i've learned and the high level of care and maintenance and sort of man hours required around lambing time to mitigate that so personally we're not planning on breeding our lamb but what we do do is we do obviously we save the wool my wife uh, processes the wool and use it uses it to knit with so she's not completely useless <laughs> insofar as providing something but she doesn't really pay her way like i say she's more of a pet on our homestead but in the future having orphaned lambs and keeping them for a season is something we would certainly consider it really depends on how we manage the ground here and what sort of capacity we have on our grass which brings me nicely on to goats now goats are an amazing animal because not only do they produce food insofar as goat meat but they also provide us with milk now if you're considering getting goats i strongly suggest that you have at least one milking goat now different breeds are good for different things so we have milking goats that is the entirety of our herd here we've got three adult females as i speak now we've got four kids um, of the kids we have one male and three females so the male kid will be castrated very soon and he will be living with us for almost a year and then he will go to slaughter and be meat and the females will either go with him or they may go into our milking herd but I've got to be honest three is plenty just one of our goats um, fern our top producer she produces comfortably 12 pints of milk a day when she's milking so we don't really need any more than three the beauty of milk obviously though is that it also produces butter cream ice cream cheese and all of the dairy products so that's great they're a really really vital part of our self-sufficient plan here next animal i want to talk about is cows now people that i know who raise cows they tend to do it the same way i've spoke about with the pigs and the sheep which is just to buy in calves and keep them for a season personally they that's the only way we would do it we don't have the space here to be breeding cows but also in terms of a dairy cow you need about four times the amount of ground to keep a cow as you do a goat and to us it's just not practical so we're quite happy with our goats for our dairy product and we are generating plenty of meat already so we don't have the need for a cow we do sometimes trade some of our pork or goat meat for beef with other people living locally that are doing similar things to us but do keep cows but I don't have a lot of experience with cows so I don't really have a lot to add here all I would say is that if you're considering getting a cow and you don't have goats certainly think very hard do a comparison and you may find it's much easier and simpler for you to keep goats or a goat than a cow next animal for meat is rabbits now we don't have rabbits here but it's something I'm very, very keen to experiment with in the coming 
months and years. So I will certainly keep you up to date with that. Rabbits are, rabbits are from what I can tell, a fantastic source of meat, easy to process, easy to breed. Um, we all know they breed like rabbits. So there's that. And the final animal I want to talk to you about are chickens. Now, chickens are an absolute essential part of any homestead, in my opinion. You get different breeds for meat than you do for eggs, but everybody's first step when they're considering animals is or should be egg chickens. The reason for that is because every family I know eats eggs, so you've got that straight off the bat, but also it's very easy to overproduce eggs and they're also the easiest thing to sell. So when you're starting to try and produce an income from your homestead and you're maybe thinking about putting an advert in the paper or building a little stall at the side of the road, eggs are by far the easiest thing to monetize. So I certainly think that egg chickens should be everybody's first step to animals. Now we are lucky insofar as we've got about 100 egg laying chickens here and the sales of those eggs actually pay for every piece of animal feed we have to buy here. So everything else is effectively generated for free apart from obviously the, the time commitment that it takes. Now a brief mention for ducks and geese. Now geese, goose eggs are very, very easy to sell. We sell them for £2 an egg, fertilised or advertised as fertilised to people who want to um, put them in incubators or have a broody animal sit them. Um, but we also sell them at £1.50 at the side of the road for just general sales and they sell very, very well. So our geese pay for themselves. I'm not sure they do more than that, but a byproduct of geese is obviously meat. So what we do is when one of our geese goes broody we just allow her to do her own thing and any of the goslings that come on they can be for the table so that's the the profit there if you like and ducks very much the same ducks the only thing is you need to be a bit more careful keeping them safe now i want to leave you with a few other points for you to do before you go and get yourself an animal particularly a large animal the first thing is do your own research spend a lot of time digging into exactly what you're getting, think why you're getting it, think what they need, are you ready, and everything else. It's certainly what we did before we got any animal, and I'm glad I did. The next thing I want to say is infrastructure. I cannot tell you how important it is to get the infrastructure in place before you have the animal. Now, this is a golden rule that I have frequently broken in the past, and I'm really quite strict with myself now not to do so because I've paid the price. If you need fencing of a certain type, get the fencing before you get the animal. If you need housing or whatever else you need to have in place, get that in place. It really is super important because trying to do it when you've got the animal makes it five times harder because you've already added to your workload because now you're looking after the animal. But chances are you're actually having more workload than you otherwise would because the animal isn't being housed as perfectly as you might like. Next thing I want to say, if it's at all possible, find yourself a mentor and it doesn't have to be a formal arrangement, but find yourself someone, hopefully locally, but if not online in a forum or somewhere, someone who's 
done what you want to do and just talk to them and talk to them before and during the process it really is quite helpful just to know that there's someone there at the other end of a keyboard or a phone if you need it even if you never do next thing is vet if you're getting big animals less important with the smaller animals if you're um, a little bit more experienced but if you're getting anything bigger than a chicken or a goose i think it's really quite important to meet your local farm vet have them come to your property um, as soon as you get your animals if nothing else in my experience what that did is it opened up a line of communication i now have our local vet's mobile number and nine times out of ten i can resolve any issue with a quick phone call i was actually on the phone yesterday to the vet about an issue with our sheep and just being able to call her on her mobile which she's quite happy to take and it saved me a visit and potentially you know 70 to 200 pounds for a vet to come out which wasn't needed after the phone call that's almost everything i've got to say for our sort of overview of raising livestock and animals a few last points is just make sure you consider if you're raising animals for meat make sure you consider the legislation in your area do you need to register the movement of your cattle do you need to register that you're holding certain types of animal do you need a certain vehicle to take them to the butchery where are you going to take them to be butchered things like that have you got the transport you need to move them if not what are your arrangements these are all just things to think about before you jump in and finally i just wanted to have a quick chat about feed and feed costs now we get our feed costs down to pretty close to zero and we do that four different ways i would suggest the first is we are able to generate most of our feed here on site and we do that by way of grazing so having grass available for the goats and the geese but also our hedging and trees that we trim back that is all feed for the goats and obviously waste food from the kitchen um, small in, in amount as it may be that obviously doesn't go in the compost it goes to the animals and the animal that gets it will depend on the type of food waste so that's the first thing second thing is we have a bakery uh, within 100 yards of our house so we save them refuse costs that they would have to pay to have someone come and take away all the leftover bread at the end of the day and um, generally what happens when they finish baking um, a certain type of bread there's a pile of dough left over they bang that in the oven because it's easier for them to get rid of that way so effectively we get all the leftover cooked dough um, by way of bread thirdly fruit and veg grocers so we have an organic fruit and veg greengrocer locally and we do the same we take away all their produce that they haven't sold that has just gone past the point where they are willing to display and sell it to their customers <laughs> and we bring that back here and that makes up a large portion of particularly the goat the, the pig's food um, and finally microbreweries so there's a microbrewery again not too far from our house and we are able to take 
some of their spent grain. So between those four methods, there really is very little feed that we need to go out and purchase. So for me, that is the crux of self-sufficiency. It's a combination of balancing your outgoings with your ingoings, making sure that you can be generating as much as you can to supplement whatever it is you're bringing in, making that cycle work. So there you go. If you find these podcasts valuable, there's several ways you can support them. The easiest is to leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. The other ways you can help us are by sending it to someone else, try and introduce it to new listeners, or blog about it, or include it in some way you post online. All the ways you support us really make a difference. Thanks for your help. See you on the next one.